All right. Uh, we've been doing a lot of parenting here, parenting talks here at our church. Uh, Matt McBroom a couple weeks ago preached on stewardship of the family. Last Sunday morning, we talked about how God uses parents to shape kids. Last Sunday night, uh, I focused in on just time and time spent. Hopefully, you were here or you went back to watch that. If not, that is available. And tonight, we're going to go over a discipline or, or the idea of training your kids. Before we do that, I want to run through this list of kind of disclaimers again. Number one, we do not want to teach on parenting in such a way that you feel bad for all that you aren't doing. We don't want you to feel beat down tonight. I don't want you to go home tonight saying I'm a terrible parent. I want you to go home tonight encouraged that God can use you as a parent in your kid's life. Number two, we don't want to teach in such a way that we minimize parenting to a clean, simple list of do's and don'ts. Parenting is hard and complicated, and quite frankly, it takes the Lord's grace. We don't want to dumb this down and try to make it so simple and easy, like what, what's wrong with you and your family. Number three, we are not the experts, not at all, not even close to, and by the Lord's mercy, may we never present it as that. We are not here to tell you all that we've done well, not at all. We are here to show you what God's word says about parenting, and may God use that tonight. These messages are meant to encourage you in your responsibilities with your family, your kids, and your grandkids. God's word is the key to life. It is the guide. It is the light to our path, even in the home. And it is the wisdom that we all need, even as parents. And so that's why we're focusing so much on what God's word says about parenting. And then number four, oh, may this be a part of our church culture. We know that all homes and all families are different. Just the idea of spanking is different right now for every person based off how they were raised. When some people hear spanking, they think of, you know, mom in a fly swatter. When some people hear spanking, they think of dad with a boat oar. When some people hear spanking, they think of what happened at school back in the day. When some people hear spanking, they think of having their pants pulled down in front of other people and, and humiliated, right? There's a lot going, there's a lot going on there. Every Every home is, is different. Every family is different. Some people don't have moms or dads or both. And some people are only taught about certain subjects from their church. And may we be faithful to do that. We understand that every context is different. And so we are eager to get into parenting, but we are absolutely wanting it to be from his word and used by God. Okay? All right, with that said, here we go. Proverbs chapter 3, one of my favorites, tells us in verses 11 and 12, again, that father-son uh, setup, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof. Don't, uh, don't think it's a bad thing. Don't be against God trying to correct you. Verse 12 says, the Lord reproves him whom he loves as the father, the son in whom he delights. God's discipline is a good thing. It is loving because he loves his kids. It is absolutely the design of God that our children are to learn from us. That's what last Sunday morning was about. There's, there's really nothing to even argue about that. It is supposed to be the case that our children learn from us. I said, that, I said last Sunday morning that that's true for better or for worse, right? They may have learned our bad habits and hardly any of our good habits. But God has designed it where our kids would learn from us. 
Well, that applies to all sorts of good things in the world, like honesty and work ethic and all of that. And that is to make the world a better place. But the realest, the realest part of that is that you are to tell your kid to love God and worship God and follow Jesus and live for him and turn from their sins and walk in obedience and honor the Lord and don't dishonor him. I mean, we could go on and on with all of those exhortations that we have from Scripture, but life is absolutely about God. And it is your job and your job first and foremost, more than it's mine or E-Kids ministry or anybody else. It is your job to tell your kids that, the glory of God, the worth of Jesus, the cross of Christ, the good news that their soul is going to die and face judgment without a savior, and yet they have a savior through the love and grace and mercy of God. You are supposed to tell your kids that. You are supposed to tell your kids that in such a way that they want to believe it because you told them that. That's the way God's designed it. And don't let anything or anybody or any experience push you off of that simple teaching. That's the way God has designed it. And so, What does it take to get our kids to listen to us? And that's where this subject comes in of training and discipline. It is really, really, really important. So tonight, starting here at Proverbs 3, teaching us that God loves and he disciplines and we should not be against that. And we're going to turn to, we're going to look at a passage in Hebrews 12 tonight, an extended passage. And I'm going to throw out for you about five or six verses from Proverbs. So I hope you're taking notes and you'll follow along with these scriptures. Number one tonight on the idea of discipline and training. Number one, do not think badly about discipline. I don't know if you do. I know there are a lot of people that do. Do not think badly about discipline. Maybe your parents were harsh Maybe you've had some bad experiences. Maybe you've read some books. Maybe you listened to the wrong crowds. I don't know. But do not think badly about discipline. Let's, let's just be real clear that here, I've started with Proverbs 3. We're going to look at this Hebrews 12 here in just a minute. But the, the, the Bible has introduced discipline to us. Last week, we looked at Proverbs 22.6. that says, train up a child in the way he should go. When he is old, he will not depart from it. These are subjects that God has brought up. We are believers of the word of God. It is a light and a lamp to us, and we follow it. Do not think, do not think badly about discipline. God disciplines. Discipline is a good thing. Training is a good thing. I mean, how many times have you been to the bank or fast food restaurant or whatever, and the service was just really bad, and you know it's not supposed to be that way, and you've told yourself, that's a, that's a training issue. That's not that that person's evil. It's that that person hasn't been taught right, right? That's such a training issue. And, and, and to be quite honest, I've preached this many times for, for 20 straight years here at our church. There's a, real sense and we could, there's a real sense in which we can say the young people aren't the problem these days. It's the homes that raise these young people. And I mean that. 
come at me too because I've got young people in my life. Don't get me wrong, I've got a house full too. But in every way that they're the problem that frustrates us, it's, it's, it's my fault that I haven't trained them. It's real easy for us to jump quickly into back in the day, well, when we paddled at schools and things like that, we didn't have these issues. Nowadays, you got people that will punch their teacher. Punch their teacher. Who'd ever even thought of that? But it happens now, and it happens a lot. Because somewhere along the line, somebody's not been corrected in that or taught not to do that. So discipline is a good thing. Do not think badly about discipline. I remember being at a sporting event not too long ago, kids' sporting event, and there was a parent on the sideline going crazy, which is all too common, cussing and fighting and all this sort of stuff, and finally they were ejected and removed from it, and they were told they can never, ever return. The way you're acting, you can never return to this. And as word spread, like, hey, what, what happened? We kept hearing this. Well, good for them. Good for the league for doing that, right? You, you follow me? Good for the league for doing that. Well, that's, that's discipline. That's somebody handling and doing something about it and you appreciating that. Let, let's say tomorrow at 3 o'clock when school gets out and all this flood of kids in Fairdale that walk, that walk home or walk to the gas station, walk to Dairy Queen. If you come any day during the week at 3, 3.30, there's, there's hundreds of kids that just walk home or walk wherever they're going. And let's say we saw some car just through the roundabout and 100 miles an hour just flying up Fairdale Road, almost hitting somebody. And here comes the police right after them and get them and pull them over and, and deal with it. All of us would be like, good, man, somebody's going to get hurt. And so that, that, that discipline, that correction is absolutely a good thing. You know, these days uh, you've all heard about how people will rob stores and the stores are being told that they can't go after them. You've all heard about that. I hear people talk about it all the time, right? So you can, if you wanted, you could go into whatever store you want and fill you up a cart and run out. And the employees, right, are wanting to go out there and jump on them and bring the stuff back. And they're being taught that they can't do that, right? And, you know, they say things like, we can replace those items. We can't replace your life if they shoot you, you know, or something like that, right? Those situations, although I don't necessarily have the solution, and as odd as that whole thing sounds, leave us going, that's not good. Whether you've got solutions or not, I don't know. I don't know, I don't know what you do with the corporate world and retail stores and people that act like that. I don't know. Seems to me, if you're asking me, that the, that the, that the, 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 the general family or home life of, of the world or of, of our nation is so far gone that there's no correcting those situations. The way it seems to me. Hopefully that means we're closer to Jesus returning. Okay? But in that, we do think that's not good. Something should be done. You following me? Do not think badly about discipline. God disciplines. Discipline is not a bad thing. Discipline is not a bad thing. I, we could go on and on with examples that put us in the position of going, good, I'm glad they did that. He's acting like a fool, I'm glad they ejected him. They're driving 100 miles an hour around kids, I'm glad they pulled them over, right? We can think of countless examples where discipline, correction is needed. 
Do not think badly about it. God does it. Number one. Number two, we're going to keep moving here. Discipline is loving. You've got to, you've got to understand that. These parents that think they're nice and think they're loving for letting things go or overlooking are not helping the situation, not helping those underneath them. Discipline is a loving thing, and you see this straight out of the Bible, don't you? Look back at Proverbs 3, verse 12. The Lord reproves him whom he loves as a father, the son in whom he delights. Because you love that person, that child so much, you're willing to correct them, punish them, discipline them. It is a loving thing to do that. To not discipline, we would even say, is not loving. Letting them get away with it is not helpful or loving. We would say it is hurting the person. It is causing them to be worse. Discipline is loving. Not discipline is not loving. It is causing them to be worse. It is causing or even, it is allowing or even causing them to continue going in the wrong direction. They've gotten away with it before, they'll get away with it again. Or they won't care, they won't do anything about it. My mom lets me do that, right? That sort of an attitude is not loving. Tony Evans, speaking about discipline, says, Godly parents, do not withhold loving discipline from your children. The more you love, in fact, the more you correct what is wrong and you train in what is right. The more you love, the more you do it. The more you think about how precious they are to you or how dear you are, the more you do it. So discipline is loving. This is a good thing. Do not think badly about it. God loves his children. God disciplines his children and gives us that very model for, for who we are. Um, tonight, I want us to hear out loud that discipline can be a lot of different things. I know, I know sometimes it... It, it, we, we quickly get into spanking and how we're going to handle that, but this, discipline can be a lot of things. These days, taking away screen time is a massive, massive discipline, right? Any, seriously, any kid right now, any kid would take in a heartbeat the hardest whooping you can give as opposed to taking away their screen for the day. No question about it. If you didn't know that, then welcome, welcome to 2024. A kid would take any lick you could possibly give them if it meant they could keep their video games or their iPad or their TV or their phone. So discipline can be a lot of different things. I have, I, I grew up in the 80s, and one of the best times in the history of the world to grow up was the 80s. And I have very clear memories of being grounded. I don't even know if that's even still a thing, but y'all know what that is, right? When you talk about discipline, you've got to think about all the different ways and what is going to be a fruitful, beneficial, productive punishment. 
If somebody hates going outside, then don't ever ground them. It's not going to work, okay? But when you grew up in the 80s, all you did was play outside. There was nothing to do inside. Staying inside, like we have going on today, was the worst thing in the world. Nobody did that. And if you were inside, you were getting yelled at all the time or getting on all the time, like that type of thing. Nobody stayed inside. And I have very clear memories in the 80s growing up of getting grounded. Now, I got disciplined in other ways too, but there were times when I got grounded and I remember having to sit all day during a spring or summer day in the house looking out the window as kids rode bikes and played ball and ran around and played hide and go seek and tag and just staring out there and, and, and you would literally beg, can I, can I go outside? Please let me go outside. I'll never do it again. I promise you I won't get in trouble again, right? And, and, and my mom sticking to her guns of, no, you did that and you're going to stay in here. And having to sit in the, in the correction and the discipline of what you did was wrong, you're grounded, and you're going to stay in here so that the lesson would be learned. Okay, it's a loving thing to do that if you're trying to correct the thing that they're doing wrong. So discipline is loving and the idea here is that there is to be consequences to what we do that's wrong. Okay, there are to be consequences to what we do that's wrong. People need to know that. Children need to know that. And they need to fear that in a good, healthy way, that there are consequences. Okay? You know, sometimes we get out of church, and I don't want to sound like a grumpy old man, but some days we get out of church and, and, and there might be an, an elderly couple right here that is talking, which is fantastic, that's what we want. And, and you might see a crowd of young people literally like run through them in, in what is really the most disrespectful thing possible. And, and, I, and I don't see parents call them down. That, that, that's wrong. It's, it's not loving to say these, ki these kids are kids and they run, right? There, there's lots of places to run. There's, at, there's times where we're all okay with it because there are no elderly adults in here having a conversation and we deal with them running around in here. But we do have a playground and we do have a basement and there are places to run. The biggest room in the church now is the e-kids room and there's a youth room. And so it's not loving to allow that to go on. Even if they wanted to run and stop and go around there, there need to be consequences to the things that we're doing wrong. And surely we know that there are things like that that, that are wrong. Another example that comes up all the time, I absolutely love it, that we have this chip and snack ministry going on. I praise the Lord for that. But if you have a bag of Doritos and on a carpet floor, you drop Doritos and you know it, you should pick that up. To drop chips on the floor, I can't imagine that that happens at home. I, there's no way you, somebody's house has Doritos on the floor right now, especially if it's carpet. I can't imagine. And the fact that the kid doesn't or the parent doesn't is presenting that there are no consequences to the things that we do. Now, if you didn't see it, no problem. 
I've swept the floor many a times. You've swept the floor, swept the floor many a times. We all will pick up after each other. And I've been the one. I have been the one to be preaching all along. We want these kids here and we want them running around. So I'm not now reversing course. I have been the one to say that. But we also need to know that there are consequences to things that we do wrong. And running dangerously around elderly people or leaving Doritos on the floor is not correct and that needs to be dealt with. Now those are two two small examples that to this day nobody has gotten upset about. We have a healthy church with a lot of grace. Nobody's upset about that. I'm not getting on kids for that. I probably still won't get on kids for that. But what we do want to understand is that parents should be instructing their kids to not let that happen. There are consequences to the things that we do. Discipline is loving. To do that, to get into that, to address that is the right thing to do, the loving thing, and to not is to set them up that it's okay. So number one, do not think badly about discipline, and number two, discipline is loving. And then number three, this is the last thing that I'm gonna talk about, is discipline works. It it works. Now, if you've had so many thoughts and experiences upon uh, children and and, and bad examples that you, you don't think discipline works, we could really quickly move into a different subject other than children, and you are convinced that discipline works. Whether it goes back to a golf game or how you've been with your dog, right? Everybody in the room's probably had a pet before that they've seen trained. Discipline works. Consistency, dealing with consequences, discipline works. I'm as right-handed as right-handed gets. Uh, I can't hardly do anything with my left hand. I can't, I, I can't eat with my left hand or whatever, but I grew up as a basketball player, and you have to learn on, early on to do everything with your left hand. And I can't do anything else with my left hand, but on the basketball court, I can do all the stuff with my left hand because you taught yourself that or you teach yourself that. And discipline works, and you know that. Discipline works in spending. Some of you all have money saved up right now because you have disciplined yourself to not spend it all. Some of you all have lost weight recently because you've disciplined yourself to have control over things. Some of you all are well-rested because you discipline yourself to go to bed on time, and you discipline yourself to wake up on time. Discipline works. And if it works, it will work in the life of our children I think this is where we need to start distinguishing even more so between training and discipline. Up until now, I think we've kind of crossed over. Proverbs 22.6 is the one that said, train up a child in the way he should go. Here in Proverbs 3, we've got the word discipline. Do not despise the Lord's discipline. And they they go hand in hand. They're very similar, but we're talking about uh, different things as well. Discipline would be correcting the wrong. Discipline would be doing something to try to fix the wrong, okay? And there's lots of different ways to discipline, and we've talked about that. Saying no more cookies for a week would be a type of discipline. No screen time type of discipline. Spanking a type of discipline. Grounding type of discipline. That's trying to correct something that is wrong. Training is not so much correcting the wrong, but it is working in what's right, 
That's like a training issue, and you know how important training is at work. If you have a good job and you have ever hired people before and you've brought people on, you know how absolutely critical, essential training is. Somebody must be trained to do something a certain way. And the Bible uses that language for our families. I said it on my Sunday morning sermon a couple weeks ago. Three common mistakes in parenting is one, and, 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 one, and, and the one was just hoping for the best. And these kids will just turn out fine. No, no, no. They need to be trained. Now, all of us fall back on that other mistake where we try to raise our kids the way we were raised. And the idea here is to do neither of those primarily. And primarily what we would do is we would read our Bibles. We would understand Christian discipleship. We want them to follow Jesus and hate their sins and live in lives of repentance so that they honor God. And so we are training things into them that the Bible teaches us. Training is so incredibly important. When I was a kid out in the yard at such a young age, I said something in the yard, I mean young, six or seven years old. And my mom dragged me into the house and took me to her bedroom and pulled out from underneath the sink one of those gold bars of dial soap. And again, this is the 80s, and y'all know what a gold bar of dial soap is. It's strong soap. It's the type of soap that dries your skin out very, very, very much. Strong soap. And my mom stood with me in the, in the bathroom and held my neck and crammed that bar of soap in my mouth until it foamed up, until I was gagging, until I was choking. And she said, you talk like that again, we'll be back here again. My mom's a good mom. She was firm and she loved me and all of that. And we never had to do that again, right? Now, if she didn't mean that, and we went back out there again, and I talked like that again, and she let it go, then guess what? It will continue, right? The older people in the room are like, yeah, dead on. Younger people in the room question that sort of stuff. But if she's serious about it, and we get back out there, and that happens again, and she disciplines it again, now we're disciplining that's turning into training. One of the hardest things to do when you have little kids is teach them to stay in the bed. And, 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 and I'm so nervous of even teaching on this topic because we're so, we're so all over the place with training. Kids need to learn to stay in the bed. Mom and dad need time to sleep. They need to be rested. Life is really hard. Parents wake up early. They need their rest to be all that they can be all day long. And so kids need to be taught to stay in the bed. Admittedly, this can be hard. This can be really, really, really hard to teach kids to stay in the bed, and I, I know that, okay? But you can teach a kid to stay in the bed and train them. This is the idea that we're talking about with training. I heard a story recently of a college student that was home on summer break. And dad says to him, I'm going to work. When I get home, I need the grass to be mowed. College student, home on student break. To which the dad replied to him, sorry dad, I don't really do grass. To which the dad replied, 
do you do college tuition? And after that, nothing else was said, and the grass was mowed. What you know about that is that means the dad was serious. That means the dad was respected. That means the dad meant what he said, right? And there was totally the case that the kid knows what my dad says I do, or there will be consequences. When we start talking about training, we start talking about here's the way you're supposed to do it. We show you here's the way you're supposed to do it. And from there, when it is not learned, that's where discipline kicks in. It's the way it happens everywhere else. It happens on ball teams. It happens in the workforce. You train, and when they're not doing it the right way, you discipline. This is important. Now, distinguishing the difference between training and discipline, we now need to bring up the idea that the goal with our children is for not to them just to be the way we want them to be. And this is really important. It is 6.40, we've been going good here for a good 30 minutes. And if you and I are not careful, even grace gospel preachers like we have here at our church, you and I in our parenting will fall into, I told you to not act like that. And with enough consistency, we get them to act a certain way. That is not the goal. Remember I said at the beginning, the goal is for them to love God and follow Jesus. And so we've got to hear ourselves We've got to hear ourselves understanding that training and discipline are to work toward the goal of, work God, of God working on them on the inside. I don't know if you've ever heard of the book before by, by uh, Tripp. Uh, I can't remember if it's Paul or Ted Tripp. But Shepherding a Child's Heart. This is an interesting book. You've probably heard of it. But it raises a fascinating subject that for so many people for so long have never even heard about. That the goal of all training and discipline is not to get them to act a certain way. We're not, we're not wanting them to not run around an elderly person because we've got rules in our church. We're not wanting them to pick up the Doritos because it's expensive to clean carpet. We've got a whole church full of hardworking volunteers. We'll get it clean. We're wanting them to care about the right things. We're wanting their heart to be reflecting of a heart before God. And so as we get into training and discipline, you and I are able to recognize in maturity that waywardness in a little thing, disobedience in a little place, transgression in a little place, indifference in little ways will eventually turn into big things. A kid getting out of bed at night isn't that big of a deal. Matter of fact, it's cute and sweet to have your little three-year-old crawl up beside your bed and want you to rub their back. It is. And last week I preached on time. Don't miss those moments of time. If you get to snuggle up with your child, praise the Lord, those days will be gone soon. And so it is cute and sweet to be able to do that. But there's coming a day when you're going to have to talk to them about why they shouldn't look at porn and why they shouldn't dress that way 
and why those people or those people are not who they should hang out with. And what makes you think that they're going to listen to you then if they don't listen to you now? We don't grow in obedience without training and discipline. We grow in disobedience without training and discipline. Training and discipline works in my parents know best. They love me. They're disciplining me for my good. My first point, do not think badly about discipline, really matters here because you surely don't do that with God. God disciplines you because he loves you. And it carries over that way into the family. Turn with me to Hebrews 12. Hebrews 12, look at this passage here. In this Jesus-centered book, we know that the salvation is through Jesus. We know that Jesus is the greater. Starting in verse 3, Hebrews 12, starting in verse 3. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. Y'all, that's the Proverbs 3 that we just read in our opening. It's a quote from there. Now look at, look at these verses. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? To the Bible, it's, it's out of the question that people would not discipline. Verse 8, if you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them. But he disciplines us for our good that we may share his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. That is the word of God. That cannot be ignored. That cannot be neglected. That cannot be argued with about how God doesn't really know best in this situation. We can't put up a fight about why our kids are, are, are different or, or whatever that we hear people say, which we hear people say those things a lot. This is the word of God teaching us how discipline and instruction, albeit painful, albeit difficult at times, is for our good. God does it and parents are to do it as well. Listen to this quote coming out of this book I was telling you about. It says, Please understand that we are not suggesting that a child can be trained into the Christian experience. 
We are not here teaching just morality and train them into how to be. Only that his mind and body should be developed to their highest possible natural discipline. By elevating his standards, I love how this book book talks, through discipline and correction, by elevating his standards and causing him to value truth and purity, you are aiding the spirit, the Holy Spirit, of convicting him of sin, which in time will cause him to realize his need for a savior. This is the lawful use of the law. I don't want to name any names and I don't want to give any any real examples, but in general, how it has gone with our kids from the time that they were getting discipline, which is from the beginning, is if they were to get disciplined, we would go into the bathroom and we would shut the door. And we had a little stool in there that we sat on when they were so small that we had to give them baths. Y'all know how that is. Every bathroom of little kids has a stool in it, right? We don't have stools anymore because our kids have grown up. And, um, and I would sit there with them. They knew that they were in trouble and that discipline was about to happen. And we'd sit there and we would talk, talk about it, understand that they know they did wrong, get them to admit that, acknowledge that, confess that, tell them why we don't like it, door shut, very controlled setting. And then we would turn it into, okay, this is not like beating them down with, with God's judgment, but we would turn it into how much we love them. Me and your mom love you. We love you. We want you to listen to us. And the reason why that's happening, like we love you and want you to listen to us, is because God loves you. God loves you. And God wants you to listen to him. And you don't see him. See, that's the thing that's going on in our kids is that they're, I mean, I'm not saying that once they have the Holy Spirit, but with all kids, there's this, there's this kind of all affirming of everything that we teach. If you ask them any question, they say yes. And there's this kind of also question mark on everything that we teach because it hasn't all clicked in yet. They don't have the Holy Spirit. And I say all kids are like that. 100% the Bible's true, it's the word of God, I love Jesus, right? They, they write love notes that say, God loves you and I do too, right? And then they turn around and say, well, where is God and who made him? That's how kids are. And so in that talk in the bathroom, it turns into, we love you and you need to listen to us and that's because God loves you and you need to listen to him, but you don't know how to do that yet. You don't even see God. You're not even sure about God yet. We're here every day. I've been changing your diapers. Mom's cooking your meals, lots of meals. You eat like five times a day as these little kids. We're doing so much for you, like all day long. You want to play ball? We play ball. You want to go ride bikes? We ride bikes. You want to go for a walk? We go for a walk. You want a banana? We get you a banana. You want candy? We get you candy. You want to go to the store? We get you. You want ice cream? Like everything in your life, we are doing for you, and you don't listen to us. God is doing even more for you and you don't know how to listen to him. And so I'm going to train you now, discipline you now in the way that I'm going to so that you know to listen to us and not do that. And at some point you're gonna grow up and God's gonna make it happen in your heart to where you know him and you want to listen to him. 
And discipline and correction is bringing that together. It's, it's bringing that out. It's making that click. It's making that make sense. It, 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 let me say a few things about, that, about that, that type of setting, that practical setting, okay? Never should a discipline correction be done in anger. You gotta cool down first. Never should it be trying to hurt them in a way of, uh, you know what I mean, over the top hurting them. Never can you let yourself be out of control, never. Never can it be perceived as them as mean. You follow me on that? Never in anger, never out of control, never to hurt them in a way other than like, like the, the, the training type of, of, of injury. Never mean. Along those lines, let me say this. It doesn't work if you're not consistent with it. Being really good at that one day and then ignoring it the next day because you're tired or whatever is inconsistent. It doesn't work. You have to be consistent. This is why one of the biggest things that we have often said in parenting is it is so hard and it is so exhausting, but it's a small window of your life and it will be worth it. <laughs> you remember when Second John or Third John says, I have no greater joy than that my children will be walking in the truth? We love that verse. There's no greater joy than having children that will listen to you. But it takes the hard work. It takes the exhausting work. It takes the consistency of getting there. Another thing about that is that the parents have to be united. And so admittedly, for homes and for marriages and for parenting where they're not, it is much, 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 much more challenging. It is extremely complicated. And at times, there's not a whole lot you can say except for just hope for the best. Parents have to be united. Parents have to do the hard work of being on the same page. They have to have conversations. They have to figure this stuff out before they get into the situation, but parents have to be united. Another thing about that is it needs to be in a controlled place. The kids need to know, even by the setting, the kids need to know, even by the setting, here's what's going on. I've done wrong. My parent loves me, and they're talking to me about this. It's in the type of thing where, you know, right there in the grocery store, somebody does something they shouldn't, and so now there's a hot-headed, reactionary, you know, swinging a, a, something at the kid. This is training and correction. At times, at times, you need to do discipline out, and so you go find a bathroom stall. At times, you say, when we get home, we'll deal with this. Do not say, when we get home, we'll deal with this, and then when you get home, you're too tired to deal with it got to be consistency but it needs to be in a controlled place where they're understanding fully through look in the eye through love that this is what this is then after there has been that sort of discipline there absolutely needs to be absolutely needs to be in that setting strong affirmation usually what what, what happened with, with us would we we would stay there in that room as long as it took for the tears to go away, for the face to not be inside. When you have multiple kids, this is really important. You don't want a kid walking back out into the living room looking like an absolute mess so everybody can laugh at them and say, that must have been bad or whatever. You sit in there as long as you need to and talk and hug and work through it and let their face clear up and all of that. So that you can affirm them that, hey, I'm, 
I'm your dad and you're my guy. I'm always going to be here for you. And everything that I'm doing for you is to get you to listen to me. Because I want you to listen to God. And God's going to start disciplining you one day, but he's not right now. That's, that's my job. And you're talking through that. All of this comes in under the idea that discipline works. Now let me read to you a few, a few Bible verses, okay? We need to start wrapping up here. Let me read to you a few Bible verses, okay? These are from the Proverbs, but you need to know these. Now that we've said all that we've said tonight, Proverbs 19, 18, the Word of God says, Discipline your son, for there is hope. Do not set your heart on putting him to death. You're not trying to kill him. You're not trying to ruin him. You're not trying to make his day miserable. You're not trying to ruin his life. You're trying to create hope. You're trying to create hope. You can do better. I know that you can do better. I'm going to train you to do better. We don't act like that. There have been numerous times where we've been out at a restaurant or something like that, and a kid's just absolutely throwing a fit. You've seen this before. Kid's just absolutely throwing a fit, and the parent is just extremely uncomfortable. One of the, one of the sad things about our day is that we, we will often see parents who are put in the most miserable, uncomfortable position. They just hate being in that position because they cannot get their kid under control. And it shouldn't be that way. And so there have been a lot of times where I would, I would pull my child aside and I would say, do you see that right there? Look how frustrated the mom looks. We would just talk through, what, what's going on? What do you think about that? What do you think should happen? I remember when I was in seminary, there was a professor, and I, I've never forgotten this, there was a professor who homeschooled his kids and so they were always at chapel. Some of y'all heard me say this before. His kids were always at chapel. I thought it was the coolest thing. Seminary chapel, hearing some of my favorite sermons I've ever heard. I always sit in the balcony. I, you know, you sit in the balcony, you can look over and see how everybody's acting. And I'm sitting in the balcony, and there in the very middle are these row of homeschool kids. And the entire chapel. You sat there like that for the whole hour, the whole time. It's not because those people lucked up with good kids. It's because somebody taught them. And there are consequences to that. On Sunday mornings here at 9 o'clock, we have prayer. And there's a lot of kids that come to prayer. And that's really a cool thing. There's parents that show up and dads that show up. And realistically, sometimes there are 10 or 11 little kids at our 9 o'clock prayer. It's, it's a lot. Terry, don't we? There are a lot of kids there sometimes. And they're never, ever a distraction. They never, ever interrupt. They sit there. They bow their head. Well, years ago, and I know at least that Mr. Doug would remember this, we used to do the prayer up here. And when we would start coming one at a time, I remember when my young boys were really young and they would come here, I mean like two years old, and we would, we would say, you've got to sit here. And what's happened many, many times is I would say, this is a time of prayer. We go over all this in the car, and I would say it's a time of prayer. And during prayer, we don't talk. We don't get up. We do nothing that distracts because we're focusing on God. You've got to understand that with prayer. 
And I said, there's other people in here and we're praying. And if we talk or we get up or we do anything that distracts, we're going right over there to that hallway and we'll deal with it. And Mr. Doug can attest to you that many, many times we went to that hallway. And you know what the result of it was? Them learning to sit there and embrace and get into prayer. Now the danger of that, getting back to shepherding a child's heart, the danger of that is doing that just so that they will sit there and be quiet. We all know people that have been raised in church that have rebelled against that because that's all that it was. And so that's where the relationship comes in of who's doing this and why are they doing this and talking through it with your child and communicating. The idea is that they can be trained. Another Bible verse. Proverbs 13, 24. Whoever spares the rod hates his son. But he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. That's how important this is. Proverbs 22. We've already mentioned verse 6, but look at verse 15. Folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline drives it far from him. Kids will be kids, and we rejoice at that. There are times when kids will talk back. They need to be disciplined. There are times when kids will get mischievous and break the rule and cross the line that you tell them not to cross. That's true. All kids do that. You'll say, don't eat another cookie. You come back, all the cookies are gone. You'll say, don't turn on the TV. You come back, the TV's on. Like, kids do that. The Bible is teaching us here is that must be corrected. It must. And you cannot let that go. Proverbs 23, 13 and 14. Do not withhold discipline from a child. If you strike him with a rod, he will not die. If you strike him with the rod, you will save his soul from Sheol. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 15. The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. Proverbs 29, verse 17. Discipline your son, and he will give you rest. He will give delight to your heart. God's word is teaching us that our kids can be trained and that they need to be disciplined and corrected. I'll end with this illustration. I was, I mentioned to y'all that before we had kids, we had identified. Uh, some families that we were really impressed with and we met with them and discussed things and one of them shared that book with us. And, but I'll never forget this. They said, once you, once you have a kid, they gave the example of the parent that's just constantly running around a place and chasing the kid because they can't tell the kid to do anything and the kid is more or less like driving the parent around a room or whatever and don't touch this and you get into a living room and they're moving every single thing and the parent is just completely worn out, can't take their kid anywhere, you know, that sort of thing. They gave that example. And they said, once your kid is, is able to move, here's what you do. This is the example they taught us. 
take your coffee table, you put it in the middle of the room. Say if you don't have a coffee table, then just set you a little tray down there and you light a candle and you set it in the middle of the room. Which most people would say with a kid, don't do that, they'll burn themselves, right? And they said, you just go sit on the couch, and this is a training session, and you say, don't touch the candle. I'm your mom, I love you, don't touch the candle. And for as long as that training session takes, you see if they touch the candle, you discipline them in however you want to, and you start over again. And then they go again. Some time goes by and they try to touch the candle again. And as soon as they do, you discipline them. You pull them aside. You do what you do. You punish them in the way until they decide. And at some point, and to be quite honest, it doesn't take that long. You have taught that child or trained that child. One, you do what I ask you to do. And two, you don't touch a burning candle. And next thing you know, in that small example, you have taught that kid in that setting to listen to you. None of us really care about the candles in our living room. But there's coming a day when we will stand before Jesus. And it will be for the glory of God for us to love him and have embraced him as our Savior. We are to tell our kids to trust in Christ. And they are to believe us because they know we love them most. Getting our kids to follow us and follow the Lord does not happen automatically. We don't just live our lives and then fall in in place of the things that we want. We train. The Bible teaches us that word training. The Bible trains, and parents are to train. Now, it is true that we don't want kids to ruin themselves. And it is true also that it's pretty easy and it seems like it's just getting worse and worse for people to make some really big mistakes, bad decisions that have horrible consequences. We all know people that have lived that way. In loving our children, we do well to discipline them. In loving our children, we do well to train them. The Bible teaches us so. Number one, do not think badly about discipline. God disciplines. Number two, discipline is loving. It is not loving to not discipline. And number three, discipline works. May we parents take it seriously to train our children for the glory of God. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for our time tonight. We thank you, God, for all that the Bible says about this heavy subject. God, we ask that you would cause our hearts to hear it and cause our faith to embrace it. God, we pray that our children would be loved and supported and our kids would be instructed well and that they would have good example. Father, help us to be those who love in the deepest sense so that we train our kids. God, I pray that you would guard us tonight from hearing something that you're not saying. Guard us tonight, God, from uh, thinking too highly of ourselves and guard us tonight, God, from discouragement. Oh, Father, help us to train our children May they live for you, believe you, and trust you.
Father, we pray that through our church, you would disciple the young people for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.